Mr. Timothy, how are you, sir? I'm good. Good to be here. <laughs> right on, man. Well, uh, thanks for actually having me in your house to record this stuff. Yes, thanks for coming. It's good to have you here. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm Tim Rockliffe. I've been in the video game industry as a developer for just about 10 years and just doing all sorts of stuff, uh, mostly AI, but also uh, avatar or mechanics and controls and networking and visual effects and animations and like backend server in- infrastructures and all that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just really enjoy making video games. That's about me, like professionally, I guess. And yeah, hell yeah. So I was looking at a, I kind of creeped a little bit on your LinkedIn and stuff. And you graduated from University of Utah, right? Yep. yep. So like all your, not all of your, but your. It looked like your, it looked like your primary focus was game development, like almost specifically game development. Totally, yeah. In fact, the University of Utah has a really cool video game development oh, program. Really? Yeah, and it's it's becoming pretty big nationally. And uh, I was there right on the first year uh, when they started that. I, I wasn't part of the program formally, but I took many of the classes. And, and yeah, it was uh, really good. I did an independent study with uh, Dr. Stephen Parker, who is now the CEO of R&D for NVIDIA. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And so he was just a professor there, and I did a independent study where I used the Linux on the PS3 and like did some programming on the cell processor. Oh, okay. And he just showed me how to like parallelize stuff, make it way fast with all the cores and stuff. That's fucking Yeah, crazy. really cool. And yeah, University of Utah is great. They're, you know, they've got a big storied history in computer science, like, home of the utah teapot like if you ever see like the teapot in graphics like you'll just look at like old school computer graphics books and they'll have like a dumb teapot on the cover oh right on (laughs) the the utah teapot invented there (laughs) i didn't know utah was so known for like a tech like yeah a well-known tech city it's kind of weird i guess you know people are so kind of socially restricted that you got nothing better to do with your time than (laughs) tinker on the computer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh so before you moved because you're at well we'll get to where you're at later but uh before you moved out to seattle you were working for avalanche you wanna- yeah yeah man avalanche software owned by disney and uh they they've been around for a long time so yeah they gave me my first chance as far as working at a video game studio professionally hell yeah and uh, i'm really glad i i went there and applied one year before i got my actual job and applied for a ui position oh yeah doing like flash because they would have scale form which is yeah. like a technology where they they can use flash for the user interface you know oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah i applied because i'm like hey this i know how to do flash i'm not a real game programmer yet but i'll just go and ask if i can do their ui and that'll be my foot in the door totally and in my interview i told the guy i'm like yeah like hopefully i can get in doing this but i want to do the actual game programming down the road mm-hmm. and he was just like he was just like dude just just don't apply for this job and go finish your degree. And right when you're done, just apply for the other one and just don't even think about this because you'll get trapped doing this forever. <laughs> I'm super glad I did. But yeah, they're super cool, man. They've been around forever. Like they they did a bunch of old like Midway and Acclaim ports for oh, Super Nintendo okay. and Genesis. Like they did the Mortal Kombat 1 I was going to say Mortal Kombat. Yeah, right? totally. Lots of Mortal Kombat. They did like Mortal Kombat Trilogy on... 
the N64 and the PlayStation. And, dude. <laughs> dude, they told me some such cool shit. Cause, and I loved the, those games when I was younger. So it was, dude, yeah. It was so cool to get a chance to like talk to them about some of the games. Like uh, on Mortal Kombat Trilogy, I always knew as a kid, like because I had N64 and I didn't have PlayStation 1 for a few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, like Mortal Kombat Trilogy came out on, on N64 and PlayStation 1. And I knew that it had extra characters on PlayStation 1. And it was always just like, oh, well, they have like CD technology maybe they can just store more shit but the dudes that i worked with told me the story where to fit all the characters they did on the n64 version yeah they had to actually like find all the fucking sprites for the game and like pull out one vertical line of pixels for for, like a bunch of random sprites just to like so they said everything is just less detailed and just like (laughs) a little bit stretched out in weird fucking ways and stuff like that yeah just really weird to hear stories about that but yeah, anyways, yeah, they're they're way cool. And they got bought by Disney in like two thousand six and then I started working there in two thousand eight. And uh yeah. You were there for a while, right? You were there up yeah. until just yeah, well, they was, closed their doors. I was right? there, yeah. I, I my first day at my new job was a week before they got shuttered. Damn. And that was just Disney, like we were around we were kind of the golden child Avalanche was internally at Disney and uh the other developers, we just saw them all get shuttered one by one. Oh, man. And we always kind of knew, like, Infinity ended up being really successful for everybody, and it was a great product. Loved working on it. I think everybody loved it, but it was just at a certain point not as profitable as, like, the new Avengers movie and stuff, and it just kind of... Boy, that's fucking apples to oranges, it though, is, right? It, so, but I, honestly, if I put myself in Disney's shoes, it makes more sense for them to not take the financial risk themselves. Like, they just want money off of their properties, really, right. ultimately, and they can totally do that by just saying, hey, license my property, and you take all the financial risk in yeah. case it bombs. And if it does really well, you just pay me a bunch. Too, nice. So. Fucking, that's but the way to do it. Anyways, I'm yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're good, dude. Cool. Um, so on, again, on, on LinkedIn, it said that uh, Sing It was was the first listed yeah, man. project that you worked on. And it said that you uh, were doing that you were doing UI and Flash for that. So yeah. was, was that your it, first project? At- it was my first project ever. It wasn't the first thing I worked on. Okay. Because I was working on two other projects actually at avalanche and then when i was only there for about one year they said hey we there's this game it there was a game a studio called zoe mode in england brighton england and they were making disney sing it and uh basically it was on fire and it was like they needed any programmers to go and i just kind of raised my hand i'm like i'll go to england for three weeks and program on this game and I ended up like they ended up doubling my stay, so I was there for six weeks, which was oh, awesome. Fuck yeah! And it was really cool. And originally, I was supposed to do TRC things, where like uh, for a console game to get published by either Sony or Sega, or you know at the time or mm-hmm. Nintendo or whatever, like they have certain requirements where it's like, hey, if you unplug the network cable while this game is in there, if your game crashes because the network cable is unplugged, you fail. Like. Really? Because they don't want the PlayStation 2, like, f- crashing all to the time, look. right? Yeah. So I there's actually you. a list. It's it's so weird. Like, they still have it for, like, modern consoles, but they've had them for them going way back. But there's usually just, like, a list of, like, 60 to 100 things. Like, pull a memory card out. Pull the 
Interesting. Pull the power cable out, like do all this shit and just make sure that it fails as gracefully as possible. So anyways, like it's a, that's a, a common task for younger programmers because you just kind of go and do random shit and discover, you know, just help where you can. Yeah. And that was what they sent me out there to do was to do exactly that. And I'd never done it. And I was like all intimidated. But when I got there, they weren't even ready for that at all. Oh, whoa. And they like the game just wasn't even finished. So it was like that's one of the whoa. last things you want to do is the TRC. Totally. Things, really. When it's like, hey, if. Like, basically, yeah, their UI was not in place. And it wasn't a Flash-based one. It, they made their own, their fully-owned, unique UI system that was just, like, C-sharp and, like, some... Or, sorry, C++ and, like, some scripting stuff to do their UI. And I just kind of, like, figured that out. And I basically... I ended up making, like, the... When you'd finish the game, like, it'd, it'd like, animate these stars and, yeah. like, do the high score and shit. And then I also did their uh, Xbox Live leaderboards, which was really oh, cool, Oh, no too. shit. That's awesome. Yeah. And when I ended up leaving six weeks later, they still hadn't started the TRC things yet. Really? Yeah. Did that, that game release, That though, game right? totally released, and it was wow. awesome. Yeah, and it, and and it, it was wasn't awesome. even, yeah, yeah, it wasn't even, like, that late or anything. And it was a cool stu- studio, cool story. Like, they made that game so quick, and they made it for every console under the sun at the time. It was, like... Oh, yeah, it was like, uh, what was it, PS2, 360? PS2, yeah, 360, PS3, PS3 Wii. Wii. Yeah, I think, <laughs> probably not GameCube. I think it was only PS2 for the old ones. But it was really weird, too, because, like, you're used to all these uh, game companies now. Like, as a programmer, you have all these really cool tools. Mm-hmm. Like, you got Visual Studio and, like, all these really cool applications that help you program. Yeah. And those guys used none of it. They used, like, a fucking old-school, like, Linux command no line. Oh, God. And, like, still released on all the consoles. It was really cool. Wow. So, learned a lot there. It was super fun. And it was my favorite. It was a really good, like, first project. Nice. Hell so, yeah. Do you, do you have family in England? Um, yeah, man. I totally. Yeah. My dad's uh, side of the family were all from Wolverhampton, England. Okay. Yeah, totally. Birmingham. Birmingham? Birmingham. Yeah. Really boring areas of Is England. It? Yeah, not like London or anything exciting. Like super boring. <laughs> <laughs> so after, um, after Sing It, I don't know if you can talk about this, but there was an unreleased AAA title listed on there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I I probably just wouldn't talk a load about it other than it was just like it was an action game for console and uh, it had a really cool IP behind it and really good art. Like it was. Is it a well-known IP? No, well, that was it was an original IP. Okay, And yeah, yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's like I could explain it to you, but it wouldn't even like it's just a kind of an original thing. It was a fantasy setting uh original ip we were going for kind of a like kids god of war type feeling to the gameplay a little bit so it was like an action but like rpg elements and an exploration and honestly that like the cool thing about avalanche is just the disney caliber artists there like they could match or exceed like some of the Disney film artists, in my opinion. That's like, really incredible. I know I'm biased from working with them for a long time, but they were just so fucking good, like so good. And it was really cool to see these guys who usually were used to like making more Toy Story or making more yeah. fucking this or that or making Hannah Montana or whatever. Totally. Like, and get it, and just seeing their original ideas and it was like a giant passion project. Our like lead gameplay designer. It was it was it was like a joint passion project between our lead creative like 
amazing artist guy and our lead gameplay designer. So yeah. he he was making it a really cool game too, on top of just what it looks like. And it was so cool, and it was such a bummer when it got canned. But we kind of we kind of all saw it coming, you know. Oh, like it was just bad. being worked on for a long time. wasn't Never quite got the traction. Okay, but it's kind of a shame because it was all set up to like potentially even be like a cartoon or like. The IP was so interesting. Only, I mean, it never made it far enough, obviously, to 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 make any decisions like this. But in our opinion, like it was a cool enough IP to potentially become like a cartoon. Hell yeah, yeah, really cool stuff. Have you seen anything come out of Disney that's looked any at all familiar to any of the stuff that you guys were working on? Mm. As far as like any of the characters or nah, no, no. Right on. Um, although, you know, so even though it doesn't play well in the radio, like, that's a picture of... Oh, cool. That's for, that's that game. That's the unreleased... That's badass. Pro- it I, looks fucking, like I a... stole that from the wall before I left. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Man, yeah, it looks... It would have been really cool. They had some really cool as an AI guy too, and that was where I was first learning my. That was my very first project where I worked on any AI was okay. that game, and I did. I started out with just some j- j- like normal kind of run of the mill enemies, but the whole thing that we were trying to do was make an AI that would cooperate with the player. And oh, uh, like so a like it, a friendly AI, totally okay. kind of like you're doing co op, but like better than that and like more guided like a little bit more like qte you know type okay. stuff but uh but yeah i mean it's it's hard to explain and it's also a hard problem to solve like i don't want to talk about it like it was some fucking revelation to gaming or something it definitely <laughs> wasn't, but, but there were some really cool moments where like this ai would cooperate with you and it was just like whoa you know like <laughs> nice. neat moments you'll have to tell me about that later yeah yeah um so the other a couple other titles on there were well. I'll just I'll list the other four that were on there. You had a uh, Toy Story three, Cars two, and then Disney Infinity and Disney Infinity two point Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so Cars two was probably my favorite game I worked on the entire time I was at Disney. Nice. And uh, we we just had it started off as like a quick and dirty project. And we still kept it pretty quick and dirty, and we did a lot of cool engineering in that time, I think, too. But basically, and I mean, it's kind of simple from a game thing. We just kind of set out to make kind of a compelling Mario Kart clone because we're like, hey, if we can take the car's property and, like, make it as good or hopefully better than Mario Kart, although that's a really hard bar to hit, you know, like, but if we can do that, then this will sell, like, gangbusters and... And but we ended up just having so much fun. You know, our weapons were pretty unique. Like we were like, oh, we'll just skin all of Mario Kart's weapons, and we ended up like not entirely taking that route. And nice, just ended up having a lot of fun. Everybody was super into it. Uh, it it was like everybody on the team had a very specific purpose, so it wasn't like you know people weren't just like hanging around collecting a paycheck on that one, gotcha. you know, or anything <laughs> like that. And uh, so, and I'm most, and it's the game that I love to play the most, honestly. I oh mean, hell yeah! Because it's like still just as to me, it's as good as playing Mario Kart. Maybe Fuck not yeah. to a lot of other people. <laughs> I think I had the like a eighty-two or something. Dude, that's Metacritic. legit. Like that's. I was a, for a kids game. You know, when I was looking, when I was looking at at that, you had listed that you had worked on like weapons development or something like yes. that for the game. And I was yes. like, for Cars Two, I didn't know what Cars Two was. Yeah, so I was like, why? What? The so fuck yeah, are Mario you Kart clone <laughs> basically, and the whole thing is like the Cars Two the movie takes place in like a holodeck 
and like these okay. cars well okay that's totally simplifying it cars 2 the game takes place in a car holodeck okay cars 2 the movie features the holodeck for like one scene so. <laughs> but our right. whole game is like okay there's a holodeck for one second so everything's <laughs> a in the holodeck. holodeck yeah and like basically that gave us kind of agency to put like ridiculous weapons coming out of the cars like nice and yeah that was uh I pretty much programmed all the weapons. Like I think there what there might have been one or two that other people worked on, and then I also programmed like the car's weapon system that like facilitated programming the weapons on there, and that like kind of shared some functionality for like oh cool the, like the machine guns would kind of like kind of like come like out of the cars on the side yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool shit. And that weapon system, too, we ended up leveraging all the way into Infinity. Cause oh, like, really? Yeah, because you can get drive cars and and fire weapons from the cars. And we just leveraged like our whole video game engine and everything we ever had, basically, for that game. Nice. But yeah, and then uh, Toy Story 3 in between those, like, uh, super fun on that game, too. I, I mostly worked on, I worked on some boss fights and some AI for that game. Okay. And then it wasn't until Disney Infinity when I was finally on the uh, Avatar team where I was just working on, like, we had 100 Avatars in the game. And so we needed a whole team. It was, like, four of us or so. And we, you know, we were kind of the the better programmers in the company. Well, I mean, you were listed as a... You were listed as a senior, right? Yeah, well, I definitely was. I'm yeah, sorry, I Disney. left that out. You were, yeah, senior gameplay program. Oh no, yeah, it was awesome. But I mean, I just got that at the end there. But yeah, I mean, it was so much fun, like working on all the different avatars and just like, like especially when we were doing, working on Marvel and stuff like that. Yeah, where it was like here's Spider Man. Like, so go. was that all of the figures that they put? Because it, it plays like Skylanders, right? Like it's it's miniature related. Totally. Yeah. You end up, uh, it's, you know, a lot of people just kind of said it was almost like DLC, but it's gated by these physical features. Oh, well, so you, that's a shitty outlook on it. It is a shitty outlook. If you don't like to have fun, then yeah. that's a great outlook. Just to for tear it. back the veil and be an asshole. Yeah. Like, it's like when you buy the disc, it has 120 characters on it. And then we're like, okay, here's three of those. Like, now pay us a bunch of other money to have this plastic hanging around your living room to play as those guys. <laughs> but at least the plastic looks good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they were cool toys. And I don't know, Toys to Life, I think, was a cool concept, but I 100% can relate to the fatigue that I think ultimately, yeah, at least did us in, kind of done Skylanders in a little bit. And Lego, I think, is still kind of going, but. Are they? Yeah, I think so. But... I always want to grab one of their sets from that little Lego. Is it Lego Dimensions? Is that what it's called? Yeah. But. I don't know. I don't trust it enough. I didn't play Skylanders or Infinity, so I don't know like how much. Fa- or I, I've never even owned an Amiibo, so I don't really oh, yeah. know like how much faith I have in. Yeah, man. I mean, you in, you gotta be a certain type of person to like want to introduce that into your life, like yeah. a bunch of plastic bullshit. I, you <laughs> know, to be honest, like if I could afford it, I'd probably have plastic shit all over my walls everywhere. <laughs> but I can't. So yeah, if you ever played any of the uh, just normal Lego games, like Lego Star Wars, or anything I played. Like um, I got a I got Lego Grand Theft Auto. Or Lego Undercover for the oh, Wii U, nice. and that one was a lot of fun. And then I played, I think Star Wars, the first yeah. Lego Star Wars. That's and like those awesome. games are so much. That's just like exactly what Lego Dimensions is. Honestly, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm sure there's so quite a few good. differences, but they're fun. Yeah, just like run around. Oh, like press a button near this pile of Legos. And 
Oh, look, more Legos. Yeah, we were trying to be, I guess the one thing that I would say about the Infinity uh, play sets ver- that I can kind of ob- semi-objectively say we had over Skylanders and Dimensions mm-hmm. is the giant amount of variance in play sets. Because, like, Skylanders is very much like almost like a kitty Diablo. Like it's like a, Oh, is it? Yeah. Like it's almost, it's just like the world's simplest dungeon crawler, very simple leveling up progression, just like stages. And I mean, they have a lot of cool content and there's cool and colorful attacks and those are talented people and stuff too. And then like dimensions is very much like, Hey, here's a skinned Lego game, mini Lego game for all these franchises. Plus you have to buy all this plastic shit. Yeah, And then for ours, you know, regardless of what you want to say about the quality, at least we had things where it was like the Pirates of the Caribbean one was this like giant open world adventure on the sea and like nice. And then the Cars one was a racing playset where you were racing and, and I got uh, you. So like the world changed and the characters totally. changed. Yes, and especially toward Infinity Three, which I don't, it just wasn't on my resume or something. I don't but think I was so. I was there for that whole thing yeah? too. Yeah, it's probably just an older one, but uh, that we had we had a couple modes. One of them, one of them was uh, done by what's the studio? There's a studio in Vancouver that does uh, shit. It doesn't matter. Anyways, some external studio uh-huh. leveraged some of our tech, and we were bringing on a lot of external studios to help us with it at that yeah. point because we had to create so much content. And uh, they made one that's basically like Power Stone. So it's a Oh really? So, yeah, yeah. That so it's 3D like a playset from Dreamcast. Yeah, totally. Holy it's a shit. it's a four player arena combat brawler, like single single screen kind of arena, uh, destructibles and items dropping in. And honestly, yeah, Power Stone was kind of the the archetype that we started with for that. And, yeah, and yeah, so just cool. I think variants in there. You know, they had the Finding Nemo one where it was all like underwater, full like full control scheme just for that game like and and that's gameplay nuts, just for that dude that's a lot yeah and it doesn't go any like you can't play any of the finding dory sorry uh playset stuff like and you can't find any of that gameplay in any other playset and you can't find it in the toy box mode or anything like that so it was just i i think like we were all kind of looking at and from a production point of point of view and also you know kind of internally f- critics of our own stuff just yeah. as like Hey, these are really mini, but just full different games yeah. in this thing, and and that game wouldn't have happened if we didn't if the studio hadn't been around for like twenty years and working on this tech. Like the engine that we built Infinity on was you know fifteen years old by the oh, time no we kidding. started that game, and yeah, and it was like like if it weren't for the cars the cars two weapon system, like all the cars combat would I don't want to say it wouldn't have happened, but it wouldn't yeah. have been the same, and it would have taken longer and would have been harder to make it yeah Yeah. that head start at least yeah fuck yeah let's see it was kind of interesting actually i was talking to uh along the same line sorry uh, i was talking to a co-worker of mine who used to work on world of warcraft and he and we were all just talking about like uh like maturity of tools and spinning up new teams you know without having necessarily like a storied history together yeah and he and this guy was talking about uh, just like wor- working on World of Warcraft and about and like they were analyzing like the first season's worth of content and stuff. And it's like, oh, oh well, you got to that bar so quickly. And he was kind of like, oh, well, like World of Warcraft wouldn't have happened the way it did if it weren't for Warcraft three. Because like, sure. 
because a huge amount of the engine tech and like the scripting systems and like you know are like simple like enemy archetypes that can be shared amongst a bunch of enemies and so like all this stuff gets created entire lore and all of the backstory was already written so that's got to be somewhat that's a huge thing too but more like he was he was more talking about like the tech aspect yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but definitely the lore and like i'm sure he could he could probably write a whole book on that type of stuff dude that game looked when wow when warcraft 3 first came out i was not impressed with the direction that because warcraft 3 was like the first it was Blizzard's first journey down its current stylistic or its current style with like the kind of the cartoony look. Because before that, totally. with Warcraft, Warcraft 2, Starcraft, Diablo 1 and 2, those were all realistic games or like fanciful realistic. Yep. But it wasn't like Warcraft 3 came in and it was like bright colors yeah. and like really weird like polygony figures it was weird it was strange it was weird too because like if i think of to like the cover it's like it's still like mm-hmm. they're trying to go for like a grizzled cg look but then it's like yeah. you have it on top of like r- like even more corny like corn dick looking polygons than world of warcraft like world of warcraft now you look at that and you're like oh it's like all bright and like it's it's just like it's weird how kitty it is. Yeah, and like, totally, totally. It just feels like a children's cartoon, mm-hmm. a certain aspect of it. And yeah, you're, like you're saying, like Warcraft three, it was so weird. It, yeah, like didn't really think of Blizzard in that light before. Not that. at all. Not even a little bit. And they brought in what it, it was a there was a supply cap of two hundred on Warcraft two and Starcraft, and then Warcraft three came out, and I'm sure. I'm not sure because I don't know. I don't know like the tech side of tech stuff. Yeah, but I there they introduced upkeep. Do you remember that? So like once you had like forty units, you started making like one less gold every time a peon brought resources back, or one okay. less resource every time a worker returned returned resources. And then once you hit like eighty players, you hit medium upkeep, and then your gold in your you were essentially paying taxes. I see, but I, I see. think the I think the kind of I think the unit, your progression curve type thing. Or? I think the unit cap was eighty. Oh yeah, it was super low. So you're kind of thinking that they might have taken a hit to unit count to show the pretty children's polygons. I mean, it seemed like it. They it, it seemed I like they gave something yeah. up for it. I'm with you, man. Yeah, it looked so weird. You know, it was another weird thing about that game was like. It was very hero based. Dude, uh, it was super campaign. hero based. It was like you were controlling. And I can't remember if if I'm thinking about like the uh, the the Frozen Throne was that the, the was expansion that the expansion like yeah. I can't remember if I'm thinking about that in particular. I don't if, think or so. If it was the main campaign, but I yeah, you're mostly controlling that one dude and like it's like no, nah, I want to build some fucking bases. Yeah, like, let me build a base and then sh- throw some weird shit at me for the campaign. You know, yeah, like uh, controlling the guy is. I never get that, man. Like that's kind of why I can't get into MOBAs and stuff sure. like that too. Like I mean, I'm, I was gonna say that was it was the birth of the MOBA. I mean, it totally to some was. degree, I, it's the birth I, of Dota. I I fully agree. I mean, obviously, there's a direct connection with them building it on top of that engine and yeah. shit. But I mean, I think even that gameplay was kind of it must have. I can't say you can't say for sure. I'm sure, sure. but like must have sparked an idea. Something. something like what if this was <laughs> multiplayer? What and if I could do this for like four thousand hours and just yeah. hate everybody? What if I could yell at people who had only played for like f- fifty or hundred hours <laughs> and make them never want to what play a for dream. two thousand? That would be so great. I got my future planned out. 
Oh, I guess this will this will kind of segue okay. nicely now that we were talking about like childish. Well, not childish, but Blizzard going with a little bit more cartoony look. Are you happy to be working on games with a little bit older of a target audience? Oh, like oh, legally yeah, older dude. target audience, obviously not mental maturity. Yeah, totally. Yeah, man, I I definitely am. I mean, it's I've always just been such a fan of video games that I want to make something that I would play and it. You know, obviously working at Disney, it's going to be a lot harder to do that. And yeah, and my new job at Amazon Game Studios, like pretty cool, like uh, still super young and still figuring things out, but a lot of opportunity and they're promoting us all to make, you know, games that would be super successful. And those are the ones that I like. I'm 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 kind of a slut for like the mainstream stuff and a little bit. Yeah, it's it's a job, right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So I'm really excited about the potential there. And, uh, you you know, I do I do uh, the whole time I was at Disney, I would always kind of justify it. And I still feel this way that like as a programmer, it was satiating all the like, I need to program cool shit. Like and the reason why I say that is because, like, honestly, we would look at Uncharted for a lot of our inspiration from the tech side. And, you know, oh, like, no kidding. yeah. And I mean, I, like infinity, just kind of a weenie kids game, but you know, we tried to do a lot of things. Like we had, to, we tried to do like similar, like IK solutions, you know, to get people, people's hands holding the right things. We, we tried to get similar, uh, like fidelity on the animations. Like it's hard, it's hard to look at or hard to tell when you look at an infinity like avatar, Yeah, but there is so much care going into the animation of those characters. And yeah, it's in my opinion, I I mean, once again, it's subjective what you think of the final quality, but objectively we're close to what the tech that they're doing is, uh, is on uncharted, you know, like, and so anyways, like, so I would always kind of justify like, Oh, like, I, you know, I would never play these games, but mm-hmm. you know, from a tech standpoint, I'm getting being mentally satisfied. Do. Yeah, nice. right on. Yeah, and I still that feel sense. that way. But it's now obviously even better to like be able to do that now, and then also hopefully have an end result that Final I want to play. When I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I just totally glazed over the fact that you're at Amazon now. I I don't think. I was talking to a friend that I grew up playing video games with in Colorado, and he didn't know that Amazon was making games. Yeah, so man. I don't know. Like, yeah, we've we're we're we've been public about it, um, and you know, there was a fairly large Amazon lumberyard booth at uh, E3. Totally, lumberyard being our our game engine that we're giving away for free, basically. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, like, uh. I think the biggest thing is we're kind of waiting until we have some like titles. Like we kind of want to come out and like, bam, here's our titles. Like we don't, we don't want to just be like, we're Amazon and we're coming and we've done a little bit of that, but I think a little bit is about all you really want to do. Sure. And that said, there's if you just go on YouTube and search or go on Google and search for Amazon game studios, we actually have a short, there's like a two minute video somewhere out there that has little clips from three or four of our internal projects that are going right now. Nice. Nice. One of which is uh, the big one, which is the one we're trying to push right now, which is breakaway. Oh yeah. 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 yeah and we just did a big, like uh, gamescom. Nice. Uh, there was some big gamescom gamescom Germany. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. We tried to push it there and uh, we're going to continue to push it. We're, we're approaching an open beta, I believe. I shouldn't really be saying too much about it without <laughs> I knowing can delete for it sure. Out. But it's not a big no. Nah, you don't no. Nah, it's something like that. But 
It's just like uh, I'm I'm not the authority on exactly where it is, sure. but I know that we're approaching an open beta. Cool. And we've had some private ones. We've done some cool events too. Like we did this uh, like battle on the battle on a ship like battleship oh. thing. They had they had like ten esports dudes come on and yeah. play like five v five breakaway on a battleship off the coast of California. Oh, fucking sweet! Way fucking sweet. <laughs> and there's some real if yeah if you go YouTube breakaway or like breakaway ship or something like that, you will totally find this. And there's that's um, legit. There's some good advertisement there too. Why did and, they uh, decide to go on a battleship? I think they're just trying to you know it's an advertisement, man. Like I can. Fucking make exactly a lot of noise. Or something. I mean, I'm excited about the game though. It's really cool. It's kind of like it's uh, almost. I, it's going to sound kind of lame and hard to imagine by just saying this, but it's kind of like Overwatch meets uh, Rocket League a little bit. I enjoyed it when I I played a. I got a brief alpha access a little while back, and I played a brief. I I don't know. I, it's I think it's fun. Yeah, man, it's super fun. I think there's a lot of potential there, and uh, they're trying to do the whole like early access community thing where uh, they're to- totally great guys. They're storied game developers. They're uh, some of the guys that used to work on like uh, the Killer Instinct and stuff on okay. like the newer reboot one. So like Dave the- Lang works at your studio? No, <laughs> no yeah, <laughs> seriously, no. <laughs> but uh, like, um, anyways, they're really open for input, and they're trying to like. They're, they have changed the game significantly just based on their customers. And I think that's oh, yeah? the plan for it. Like, hey, long term, we want to make this the game that everybody wants to play. And yeah, hopefully people sure. will help tell us how to make it that, you know. That's cool. Um, I'm going to have to try it again. If they've been changing it quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, quite a bit, man. T- quite a bit of changes just in the last six months. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to have to look again then. Um... Now you can't talk about your current stuff. Can you tell me you worked on New World briefly? Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've been working a bit internally on New World, which is a really cool uh survival game that takes place in like okay. uh like early settler days America. Okay. And that's about what they tell you in the online All right. video. So that's about <laughs> what I can say about it. Right but on. um it's really cool, man. Like the property is super, super cool. The um, like you can if you could happen to go Google that video, uh, like it it has some just some brief art from it, and it's just really cool, really somewhat terrifying. Yeah, like some weird supernatural shit going on somehow, and and uh, it's uh, it's supposed to be a re- it's a really aspirational game. Like uh, it's trying to. It's trying to be really big and really cool, and uh, I'm sure they're going to show a it bunch more rad. about it super soon. Here, I think that's probably, you know, going to come in the pipe at some point after Breakaway. So. Nice, right on. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that brief, like um, teaser that they showed at E3, but I, it looks super fucking appealing to me, and I don't know yeah, why. Man, it's such a cool. That video is so cool, and the stuff I've seen on the other side of the development over is is even cooler. Hell it's, yeah. it's got a it's lot of potential. It'll, nice. be, it'll be cool. So I'm hoping that'll be the thing that'll finally make Amazon Game Studios. What if Amazon just name? comes out of the gates with a fucking blockbuster? Or that would be or three. Oh, like that, that would be, be so insane, sick. man. That would be that would make my day for sure. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I bet. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy for you. Uh Crucible is on there too. I don't know if you've told me about Crucible. What 
what is that? Yeah, it's uh, it's another game they're working on. It honestly, I know a little bit less about that one, and uh, but it it's got a, some exciting looking art from it too. And there's a tiny website on it, and it's it's kind of like a sci-fi uh, action game. Okay, it's pretty cool multiplayer action game. And like on the blurb, it's they mentioned like trying to like make allegiances. So is it? Yeah, there's a weird yeah, there's there's a weird gameplay mechanic. I don't really know exactly about it, but uh like you kind of like try and make and break allegiances on the fly and it's it's an interesting mechanic. Like it's it's cool to kind of introduce like a social aspect yeah. to something that's supposed to be like a actiony like multiplayer game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like you get a whole lot of that. Like there's it's cool when games do do that too. Definitely. Know? Man, have you ever heard of these games like... Uh, have you ever heard of The Ship? No. It's where... Uh, it's it's a game... It's built on Source Engine, and okay. you like, all get on this ship, and it's like... You talk to different people, and uh, they are either AI or humans. Oh, okay. I think, I th- man, I hope I'm not fucking recalling this incorrectly, but... Basically, like you try and fool other people, and yeah. you got to figure things out, and you have to pose as if you're an AI, gotcha. you know, as much as possible. All right, reminds me a lot of like that spy party game yeah. that's supposed to come out. Yep, but... I played that at fucking um, PAX a couple weekends ago. Melissa and I played Spy Party together. Really? So yeah, <laughs> you were there, and they yeah. still have that game. Yeah, that blows me away. And that... it, it's it was. I think I played it last packs too. What the or... fuck is going on with that game? Man? It looks like a it's... lot better than it did. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if there's anybody besides that one dude that's working on it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that guy's that guy's kind of eccentric. Is he? Yeah, he's like an ex. I read something. He worked on Spore. Oh, okay. And like worked on some aspect of that game, but just like seemed like a pretty eccentric dude. But I was just, I, I loved the concept of Spy Party when I first heard of it in yeah. like 2009. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly like, right. It's been in development since 2009. <laughs> yeah, <what the> fuck? <laughs> and you look at it and it's like, mm, like, what have you been doing? Yeah. <laughs> More like Masturbation Party. But <laughs> uh, you had mentioned it a couple times earlier and. I want to ask you about artificial intelligence on your previous projects besides what was it besides sing it yeah it seemed like ai was listed for everything yeah totally yeah that was my jam mostly uh basically there was this really cool dude sundeep at avalanche who he built this ai system Mm -hmm. for avalanche's proprietary game engine and it was a joy to use. And he oh, was cool. He was looking for people internally to learn it, you know, and start developing on it. Mm-hmm. And he found me and my buddy Jared, like we were some of the new hires, mm-hmm. and we were the most like we were. It was all new to us, anyways. And we saw this, and we saw it was really nice. And he was looking for people to learn it, so we kind of became like the de facto f- experts, you know, nice. like while Sundeep kind of worked on larger inf- infrastructural or changes on it and stuff like that. But uh, anyways, like I just learned to really love it. And uh, he worked like, there's so many ways you can do a game AI at this point. And yeah. I spent a fair amount of time focusing on this one type that Sundeep 
built, which is called a behavior tree. Okay. And a lot of people have like their own versions of it. It's like a real common thing, but like, uh, it is like, there's a lot of ways you can fake AI. You can just like kind of write like one giant script that does a lot of shit. And honestly, you can make really, I'm, I think there's probably really great games that you'd consider like super classic, great games that are probably written in a style like that oh okay and there were some really old school developers at avalanche who just loved that style and they didn't oh, want to budge off of that you know and it, so it was like it kind of became like a like we had to kind of sherpa them in onto it and, oh okay and yeah and we all just got used to this this uh behavior tree mechanism and man i just i got to know it so well and i ended up getting to implement on top of it and build other AI systems that accompany it. And uh, like, th- there's just so many different ways you can do game AI. And a lot of people are like outspoken about one's the best or whatever. Like I'm, I'm at the point where I can see using just about any system and getting just about any result I want to. Out oh, of it, okay. Really? You know, like, but I'm, I'm a, just a huge fan and it is, it it's game AI. It's a bit different than like, your machine learning AI proper yeah like, whatever like everybody says like oh neural networks machine learning like that's that's proper ai like yeah. game ai <laughs> so sometimes it, it uses that stuff but rarely. that's what i was going to get into is like does your does your interest in ai spill over outside of video games yeah dude i've been totally i want to get into machine learning uh i would say i understand the concepts from a very high level and i have yet to implement anything myself on it but i'm dying to and uh yeah i just got to find the right project i I don't know if you've seen that cool video there's this guy oh his name's seth bling on youtube seth bling yeah and he's so low-key and awesome and he just does (laughs) amazing programmer uh like he does. He's a speedrunner and a programmer. Oh wow! So he does, and he does a bunch of amazing shit that's related to both of those. And he does. I don't know. He actually is popular for a bunch of different shit. But uh, man, what was the the uh, the thing the thing that I was that uh that he did that that I wanted to bring up was has to do with machine learning, and it was basically he hacked like he's always doing these cool hacks where he's hacking the Mario World ROM on Super yeah. Nintendo. And he basically built a small machine learning construct in that to teach it how to play Super Mario World. Yeah. But he, and it was cool because, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could do that. Machine uh-huh. learning is, it's so weird how simple it is, really, from a high level. Like, you got inputs and you got out- outputs. Like, you have some sort of data coming in and you have some sort of data going out about how successful you were. And it's called like a it's called like a success rating or some shit like that. Okay. And your the better your inputs and the more robust they are, and then the more time you give the machine to learn, yeah, the better your output will be. Okay. And basically, like a high level way you would teach Mario and the, Seth Bling will explain this all on his awesome YouTube video. So if you're interested, you should check it out there. But uh, I'll put the link for it in a uh, in the comments for this. Awesome, awesome. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's this really cool thing where basically he shows his inputs where hey my input is uh my time that I've taken to beat the level uh how far to the right I've run cuz yeah. like Mario you generally just want to run to the right totally so he would I think he would use like uh he'd use how far that you've gone to the right as your success rating oh okay know? okay and basically it it's kind of like monkeys at a typewriter concept. Like the machine just tries every imaginable combination, 
but it, it looks at the score at the end, which is essentially how far to the right did you get. That's it, kind of the, the cheating thing that... It's not cheating. I think AI is fascinating. But, like, its ability to just play against itself so many times... Yes. In such a totally. little amount of time. Yeah, yeah. so crazy. Yeah, man. And, yeah, the, you, have to, you have to custom tailor it for the application. Like, yeah. like he, he, all he had was, like, oh, okay, I can figure... At first, I can just figure out how to jump by detecting if there's a, a hole, a gap in the square above me. When it's like eventually, like okay, well that that will help you, right? Obviously, do better, but eventually you're gonna want to see if there's a block like blocking your jump above you as well. Yeah, and, for sure, because that can slow you down as well. And it's like you just slowly start adding these inputs, and it will just start testing every series of inputs, and and it's basically like it will build, it'll run, it'll run through it like a million billion times, and imagine every combination of inputs, and basically. For any given second, it can be like, oh, is there a hole in front of me? If so, is there a block above me? If so, did I just collect a coin? If so, is there an enemy in my line of sight? And it'll be like, take all of these inputs that you've slowly added. It'll take its vast knowledge of the millions of runs that it's done. Mm -hmm. And then it will determine what the best course of action is right now. And the whole thing that you end up with is you can, like, just give it fully fresh Mario levels it's never played before. That is insane. And if it's it's trained two million times on other levels, it'll just, like, know how to do it, you know? Oh, boy. Anyways, yammering about it. Really cool video. No, it's shit I want to hear about. This guy is so fucking cool, too. I mean, this this could just be the Seth Bling hour. But, uh, (laughs) like, he does... What else has he done? He's the guy who... You may have seen, like, headlines on Kotaku and shit, but he, like programmed flappy bird inside of mario world oh really yeah he found an exploit where basically he could get mario world to ex uh execute arbitrary code really yeah and it's like there's a very small portion of ram where you can kind of add arbitrary code it it's fucking fascinating just look him up on youtube and look up all this shit it's it's so fucking cool and and that's like not even the machine learning thing it's like a whole other separate <laughs> that's super trip. impressive thing that the guy has done sounds like a fucking wizard just yeah. from what you've talked about i think he's one of the fathers of the tool assisted speedrun too the pass oh really you familiar with that no dude I that shit's not. awesome too man so is that similar to what you were talking about, about building a machine that runs? Yeah, TAS is a little, it's it's like the uh, like caveman version of that. And okay. basically, TAS, you basically need an emulated version of the game. Or it doesn't even have to be emulated. They actually have, they'll have a TAS bot. It's like a robot they plug into it. <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm explaining it the wrong way. It's basically where you rec- use a computer program to record your inputs on a controller. And then you just play them back. So, you know, speedrun oh. speed are all about, like, getting through the game as quick as possible. Yeah. And uh, that is knowledge meets execution. Yeah. T- tool-assisted speedruns are taking away the execution. They're letting you record, like, down to the millisecond where you press the A button at this part of the first level, you know? And it, it's basically a timeline. It's like And it's like a 60 frames a second timeline or whatever, and... Like, every frame, you can just be like, okay, I pressed down on this frame, I pressed down and forward on this frame. And as you can imagine, when they play them back, it just looks like this insane orchestra flawless. of it. Oh, man. And, and they have emulators that are meant to help people with that, where they can basically step through one frame at a time and, like, rewind one frame back. Oh, wow. 
really that's really cool. neat i didn't know anything about that so cool yeah and if you watch like awesome games done quick like the big speed running competition yeah they always have a tas block where they bring tas bot which it's just, it's like a raspberry pi or some shit some little computer but it, it they have the pin out to like a super nintendo controller Okay. So they get a stock Super Nintendo with like Super Mario World running and they plug that in and like press the play button and it's act- it plays back the inputs like on an actual oh, hardware cool. Super Nintendo. So oh, it's actually cool. playing the So really cool. So anyway, he's like he's one of the grandfathers of figuring that shit out. And a big part of like uh when you get to that deep into the game, like you need to also the knowledge part that we were talking about earlier, like knowledge meets execution. Mm-hmm. A lot of the knowledge about speedrunning at that point becomes about exploiting like bugs and shit in the code, and a lot of times the speedrunners are like pretty decent amateur programmers, and they're like loading up debuggers and like looking at areas in the memory and like understanding things that they do- otherwise would not need to understand at all yeah. to be super good at the game, you know. But it's like, oh, if I collect a mushroom on the same frame that I get hit by a goomba, then like my power up state will. I'm kind of just fucking paraphrasing the shit, but they yeah, yeah, yeah. they like figure out these bugs and then figure out ways that those bugs will help them with a fa- faster run. Definitely. And then you end up with like such weird shit. Like, like if you've seen that guy who ran like the fucking Z- Legend of Zelda, like Ocarina of Time, and they he like just went straight to Ga- is it the the Ganon yeah, dude man. that just went to Ganon? Yeah, like, like as a child, day like, one, they skip yeah, baby, the, like, like fucking Ganon fight. Yeah, it's like all <laughs> like, glitching out while they're doing it and yeah. shit. And anyways, I, I will yammer forever about that stuff. No but. fucking, you're in the right place. Yeah, awesome. Uh, with AI going forward, oh yeah, and like machine learning going forward, like what? What did you see the bot that OpenAI premiered at? The international. Yes, I to- I heard the headlines and stuff, and yeah, like about- what the fuck, like what? I mean, it's awesome. It's incredible. That's really yeah, neat. isn't that so cool? All those Dota players were fucking irate. Every yeah, interview they with were. every one of them, they were upset, which is understandable. Yeah, totally. But I mean, how are you going to compete? I mean, basically, what the way they trained it, and that, that's if you have to look at one downside of machine learning is mm-hmm. that it's it requires time, like it requires time to understand the problem that you're trying to solve to begin with in okay. this case playing dota yeah and and like i said understand all the inputs that you need to feed into the algorithm to gather its data yeah and then after you've done all that which is a lot of hard work you have to let it sit there and you know hopefully you have a way to, for the computer to like play a game of dota in like one minute that way you can like keep them real quick for some problems you don't have that like having it learn how to play mario world yeah you have to like let it every time it does a run it takes two minutes to play the level sure. and you have to let it do two million runs before you have a good enough data set. But anyway, so like, it's just really impressive to like, see, see how they did that and like gather all this data playing all these games. And of course it's gonna, I mean, if you, if as a Dota player and you're like facing this AI and you're probably just going to like use the standard tactics to get past yeah, it, like, definitely see how good it is. And, and from what I heard, I'd have to verify this, but from what I heard that toward the end, they were all beat. Like at first they were all super irate and like toward the end, they were starting to beat it by like totally Mimicking. cheesing it. And oh, like, really? Like, Oh, they found out like, Oh, you can like, if I stand in this corner, it doesn't always defend me super often. Oh, okay. So, so they just do like what the speedrunners. Do yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I would never really, they would never really do that in a game of Dota cause it'd be dumb, but yeah. they just happen to know 
And it, and it's probably boils back down to what I was talking about with those inputs. It probably boils down to like, hey, like maybe we didn't put a sensor for the machine learning algorithm to know that there's a guy hiding in the jungle or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Like at this point of the map, you know. And so it's really interesting though. It's super cool. And I'm, I, I, I didn't they? I think they even released it so that anybody can go play it. I. Th- Oh really? I think that's a thing. I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, that's OpenAI's thing. So yeah, that that only makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, man. I that's... can't play Dota for shit. So yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure the bot will win. I don't need to. That stuff is so cool. I was actually recently looking. I was googling just out of my own interest. What are some video games that have leveraged machine learning in them? Yeah, and it was hard to find a, a whole lot. But uh, one of them that sh- uh, showed up was a game I used to play when I was a kid called Creatures on the PC. Did you ever hear of that? I haven't. It's like 96, 97 grade PC game, and it was in like the Tamagotchi craze. Okay. And it was basically like a really cool software Tamagotchi. And th- like I was just reading this article, and it was like, yeah, it's one of the first like instances of machine learning. Like it was, No kidding. It would use machine learning with inputs with how you would interact with it as its owner to know like oh, really? to tune like how much care it needed out of you yeah. and what type of care like it would do require the care that you are offering in a lot of cases so that you'd enjoy coming back to it and it's kind of interesting to see to think about that, that I would have never it totally is yeah and especially as an AI guy too like I've even I'm I'm sure that I've like thought about creatures one time as an AI guy and cuz it's like a cool AI and I guess I it, like even now and maybe i'm I'm still not a super pro like there's way bigger bigger ai pros in the industry than me like right now i look at creatures and just think about ways i could implement that with like more of like a behavior tree or more of like uh something like that rather than like a, a full actual neural network gotcha you know? like but anyways kind of interesting shit and dude it totally is yeah it's neat i'm sure there's so much opportunity to make that shit I think that like marketing and stuff is almost a bigger opportunity. What do you mean? Like, uh, machine like machine learning is really good at taking giant data sets and absolutely destroying the average use case. So if you, if your data set is a giant group of customers and what they love, and the base case that you're trying to absolutely destroy with that is selling to the masses like the 90 percent net masses uh-huh. like like you you can already see it like machine learning is in in place on like google and stuff and and facebook when you're like oh you type in like oh i got a new hat today and then you scroll down and it's like oh buy this hat like that's a super naive way to say it but i mean it is constantly looking at your input which is what you look at what you type about what your friends look at and type about yeah. what what you spend time on like it's recording things like, okay, you scrolled down, you looked at this part of the page for 12 seconds, but you looked at this part of the page for four seconds. Like, like it does that stuff. And uh, honestly, I, I think there's a lot of applications for that in tech and in marketing, like I was saying, like yeah. all over the place. Uh, in games, I see less low-hanging fruit to leverage something like that. I, I mean, I don't want to say that there's not a place for it in games. There totally is, I'm sure. There's a bunch. There's creatures already, but that, um, Melissa and I were talking the other night, and I was wondering, like, with this international thing, is there going to come a point where professional gamers are using a script, or is it already there? Yeah, in like Whoa. esports and stuff like that. Like, if if something is put into the computer and then a bot program runs, yep. and then all of a sudden 
a Soldier 76 is capable of nothing but headshots. Because we're yeah. able to just fire, fire, fire. Yeah. Like what? At, That's interesting. Are there going to be like... Is it going to be like the the Tour de France where like esports players are going to be out at the booby bars and then... Two in the morning, <laughs> the fucking refs come in and like declare piss tests from everybody. But instead, they have to like, I don't know, show them their phones or their yeah, fucking man. computers I don't know. or something. Like it seems like it's already like weird. Well, I, I guess I, there probably haven't been any instances of like people just using like aim bots in a tournament. But oh, there was. Have there? Yeah, there was somebody that got busted. For just, I think it was on a flash drive or some shit like that. <laughs> Silly goose. That's, that's, that's some balls you got <laughs> yeah, on to do Yeah. That. That's yeah, awesome. Just lazy. <laughs> like, hey. oh, I could drink too much last night. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, there, I'm sure there's certain games where, like, you'd almost think like a game of chess or something. Like, like the the execution, like, then it doesn't become like a moment-to-moment, like, reaction time yeah. thing. It becomes more of like a your problem solving skills on the fly i think will still matter like like it's it's real easy to like sit here with a piece of paper and like look at this guy's chess moves and determine the perfect ones to go against it for like a week you know and, definitely and tune it and it's different to be like okay here's the state right now make a decision like right and even even if you don't even if you're not like super timed like even if it's like a chess and you're you have like three minutes for every move like it's it just it's just you know giving you more time. It's increasing your bar for performance, but it's yeah. still not as good as having infinite time. Anyways, totally. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. kind of interesting to think about that stuff. Yeah, fuck yeah. Thanks a bunch, dude. Yeah. So first times. interview. Hopefully, there's going to be more Tim later on. Would love to come back. Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming by. Later. Uh, we gotta we gotta play video games. So let's go smoke. Video games.